Shalom. Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom everyone, this is Brother Gideon Levitam, and once again, I am thankful to be able to continue with the study of Leviticus chapter 23. Uh, this session, I would like to continue with the 23rd chapter, but specifically to deal with the first feast that God gave our forefathers, the people of Israel, after they have come out of the land of Egypt, they have arrived to Har Sinai, to Mount Sinai, and there they received the law, Torah Moshe, Torah Elohim, the law of God, the law of Moses, straight from God through Moshe, and in that law, in that Torah, there were many, many instructions. And one of the most uh, important instructions that God have given uh, to the people of Israel was as to how to communicate with him and how to have these appointed seasons, in Hebrew, Moadim, appointed seasons whereby they will approach him and enjoy that relationship that he wanted to have with his people. To remind you that whenever God gave Israel these feasts, called the seven feasts of the Lord, he also not only gave them to enjoy these feasts themselves as a nation, as his chosen people who were just delivered out of bondage, but he gave them a message. A message that presented before them the program and the plan of God for Israel, for the nations of the world. In fact, it is for Israel, for the church, the assembly, the ecclesia, and for the nations of the world. You see, God, he has a desire to restore fallen humanity to himself. You've chosen a nation. Through this nation, he's going to bring the Mashiach, the Messiah. And through the Messiah, the seed of the woman, the seed that came, blessing will flow to the world. And finally, this world that God have created for his own pleasure will come to a time when they as well will enjoy the presence of God. After all, we, humanity, have been created in the image and the likeness of God. And God does not want man to be far away from him. Otherwise, why would he create mankind? God so loved this world, and he wants humanity to be restored to him. In fact, King Shlomo, the king of Israel, said, through the, the book of Proverbs, Mishlei, 
that my delight was with the sons of men. The delight of God, the delight of the anointed one, the Mashiach, was with the children of men, with Bnei Ha'adam. Well, today we are going to begin with the study of the, uh, we're going to look at the, at the first feast called Pesach, Passover. To remind you that in the book of Leviticus, we have not only the Shabbat day that was given to Israel to keep every week, every seventh day of the week, but in addition to this Shabbat day, God gave seven feasts to our forefathers to maintain faithfully with specific dates that he had given for each feast, for a specific reason that God had in mind with his program and plan that ultimately will bring about a wonderful kingdom where God will reign supreme. We have the Feast of Pesach in Hebrew, Passover. Secondly, we have the Feast of Unleavened Bread in Hebrew, Chag HaMatzot. Then we have the Feast of uh, First Fruits in Hebrew, we call it Chag HaKatsir. The fourth feast is Chag Shavuot in Hebrew, which is the Feast of Weeks. Or in the Greek language, it's called Pentecost, 50. Then we have the Feast of Trumpets. In Hebrew, we call it Zikaron Troah, where the blowing of the trumpet, of the shofar, is being blown. The sixth feast, of course, it is Chag HaKippurim, the Day of Atonement, where atonement was made for Israel, the nation. And the last feast is the Feast of Tabernacle, or we call it in Hebrew Chag Sukkot. Seven feasts. Seven feasts, the number seven in Scripture simply means complete number, fullness. And through these seven feasts, God is ultimately going to teach us a great lesson. And so today I would like to begin by reading this one verse. In fact, I'll read two verses, Leviticus chapter 23, verses 4 and 5. And in these two verses, we find out that God having required from Israel to keep and to maintain the feast that is called Pesach. I'm reading in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 4. We read, These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons, bemoadam, seasons, appointed season. And then it says in verse 5, In the fourteenth day of the first month, at even is the Lord's Passover. And so I'm pausing here for a moment, and like I'd like to remind you, my dear friend, that everything in God's program and plan began with redemption. You notice that we have here the Feast of Pesach, or Passover mentioned first. And it says here, 
In the 14th day of the first month at even, it is the Lord's Pesach, the Lord's Passover. To remind you that the word Pesach comes from the Hebrew word Lifsoach or Pasach. Translated into English, it simply means to hover over. In other words, God wanted Israel, who just came out of the land of Egypt, who began their journey on the way to the promised land, to Canaan. He is now instructing them to remember that which just happened not too long ago. If you remember, our forefathers, the Jewish people, were slaves in the land of Egypt. Since the time that Abraham was called out of Mesopotamia, our father Avram, then Yitzchak, and then Yaakov, and Yaakov's name was changed to Yisrael, Israel. Then the family of Israel, the family of Yaakov, went down to Mitzrayim, to Egypt. Until the time that they came out of Egypt, there were some 430 years passed by. The Hebrews were slaves in Egypt. You remember the story how Yosef was sold by his brethren to the, to the land of Egypt and he became a slave there. And somehow in a miraculous way God had raised him to become second to the king of Paro. And Yosef was the one that God used to bring blessing not only to Egypt, but to the whole world that was in the famine in this world that, that existed in those days. And Joseph was a blessing to the world in these days. You remember that the children of Israel came down to the land of Egypt and how Yosef revealed himself to his own brethren and ultimately he blessed them. And then the Pharaoh that lifted him up, died, and a new Pharaoh rose. In fact, if you read the earlier chapters of the book of Exodus, you will find out how the children of Israel, after the new Pharaoh rose, how they have uh, suffered because they were no longer enjoying the freedom that they had before when the older Pharaoh was there that lifted up uh, Joseph into this great position. We read in uh, Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23, and it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. This is Exodus 2 verse 23. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, they cried, and their cry came up to God by reason of their bondage, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob, and God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them, or he knew their need. And so from there on, beloved friend, when Israel cried unto the Lord, God in his grace was going to provide redemption for our forefathers, the Hebrews. He raised a man by the name of Moshe, Moses. He's called the lawgiver. You remember what even in the New Covenant, the New Testament, we read that the law was given by Moses, Moshe. But grace and truth came by Yeshua HaMashiach. 
but the law was given through Moshe. God gave to Moshe the law. But you remember Moses was sent. And God have used Moses to come to Pharaoh to tell him, let my people go, let my people go. And Pharaoh did not want until God have laid upon Egypt the ten plagues, blood, frogs, lice, flies, pestilence, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and the death of the firstborn. In Hebrew, we call it makat bechorot. The firstborn would die in the land of Egypt. And sadly, sadly, sorrow came upon the land of Egypt. While at the same time, God gave instruction to the people of Israel how they would be delivered out of bondage. And I love this story very much because the story shows us the way of redemption. Very interesting. Years ago, when we used to sit together with our families at home in Yerushalayim with our grandfather, grandmother, my parents, my brothers and sister and the family, it was such a special time to sit around the Passover table and read the Haggadah, the telling, which looks back to the time of redemption. And we always made sure to remind ourselves that we were slaves. And a slave is helpless. It reminds us of the condition of the world in which we live in, helpless and hopeless. And the reason that we today, humanity, is slaves, slaves to sin because we have fallen into sin already since Adam Vechava, Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden some years earlier before Israel came out of the land of Egypt. And so by God providing to Israel a way of redemption, he's really teaching the whole world, here's a way whereby you can be delivered and redeemed out of slavery out of bondage to sin. And so remember, in Exodus chapter 12, God gave instruction to the Hebrews, to his own people, Israel, as to how to be delivered out of slavery, how to be delivered out of bondage. This is an amazing principle that this feast of Pesach teach all humanity. Notice that. He said to Moses, Speak unto the, all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto him take it according to the number of their souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. And then he continued. It says, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. 
and ye shall take it out from your sheep or from your goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. It continues here in Exodus 12 and verse 7. It says, And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And I'm just jumping a few verses later. It says in verse 11, And thus shall ye eat it with your loin girded, your shoes on your feet, and your stuff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Pesach. Pesach hu le'adonai. Pesach hu le'yehovah. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, God is saying to Moshe to tell Israel. And notice what it says in verse 13. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you, when I smite the land of Egypt. Now, my dear friend, this is an amazing passage. Though simply to read, and you can kind of look back and you'll be delighted to see how our forefathers came out of the land of Egypt, but there's an amazing lesson to learn here. You see, our forefathers did not come out of the land of Egypt when God allow blood to fill the land of Egypt, the blood of, in, the, in the rivers and in the streams. When frogs were there, or lice, or flies, or pestilence, or boil, or hail, or locust, or even darkness, with the power of God that he laid upon the land of Egypt, he did not take our forefathers, the Jews, the Jewish people, out of the land of Egypt with power. But he took them through the substitute, through the innocent lamb that was killed and its blood was shed upon the doorposts and the lintels of the Hebrews' home. What does that teach us? It teaches us a great lesson that it's, when it's come to redemption, when it's come to geula in Hebrew, to be redeemed, lehigael, to be saved, it's not power that God is going to use in order to save and to redeem mankind. No. It is through a substitute. The blood of an innocent lamb that will take the place of the people of God. Notice it says here in the 12th chapter, Your lamb shall be without blemish. Your lamb shall be a male. Your lamb shall be one year old, young lamb, and your lamb shall be one of the sheep of your goat that belong to you. Notice it must be without 
blemish. No broken bone. Couldn't be blind. Couldn't have any any defect in that in that uh, uh, animal, that limb. Why? Why? So what if it would have been some defect in it? As long as you kill the lamb and you have blood. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood, according to the, the book of Leviticus, chapter 17 and verse 11. But you see, that lamb was a picture of one that was going to come. Yeah. You couldn't bring to God a substitute that had a defect in it. No. It must be a blameless lamb. Why? Because, <laughs> after all, again, to remind you, my dear friend, that all that which we have in the history of Israel ultimately speaks of the way whereby God is going to redeem mankind and ultimately bring mankind back to himself, but it always on the basis of the blood of an innocent one. And so we read, he was to be without blemish, a male in contrast to a female. It must be a young lamb and one of the sheep or the goats of Israel. A male, not a female. Young one, not an old one. Why? Because this thing is going to tell us, this is going to speak to Israel about a coming Redeemer who will come in the fullness of the time in order to deliver the people of Israel and the whole nations of the world from the judgment that we deserve. Let me just quickly remind you that when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, Adam as the federal head, plunged the whole human race into sin. That's why we are sinners. That's why we fail. That's why nothing that we can do can ever lift us up and out of the condition that we find ourselves. Sinners by nature. And that's why we need it so much, the Mashiach, the Messiah. And so God already from Genesis... Bereshit, chapter 3 and verse 21, when he gave that, uh, uh, covered the nakedness of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He had to kill an animal. That animal's skin covered the nakedness of their body, but its blood made atonement for the sin of Adam and Eve. And it's the same principle throughout the scripture. The sacrificial system that was given to our forefathers, the Hebrews, the people of Israel, were pointing out to the Redeemer that was going to come. Why? Because the blood maketh an atonement for the soul. Not good works, not money, not keeping days and feasts and holidays. Not doing good works. Not even being kind and gentle and loving. That doesn't save or redeem anyone. That's why you notice that the only time that God could finally deliver the people of Israel is when finally they submitted to his authority by taking an innocent lamb, killing this lamb, 
taking its blood, applying it to the doorposts and the lintels of their homes. And when God passed through the land of Egypt, he said, and notice this, my dear friend, the blood shall be to you for a token. The word token means in Hebrew, ot. It's like a sign. The blood will be a sign upon the houses where ye are. And when, notice that, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Pasachti alechem. Notice that he doesn't say, when you see the blood, but when I see the blood, God said to Israel. You know why? Because Israel actually was inside, they were inside the home eating maror and matzah, bitter herbs and unleavened bread and uh, feeding on that lamb that they just killed. But when God passed that night, Notice it says here, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will pass through the land of Egypt, verse 12 of Exodus 12 says, This night and I will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts, and and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment, for I am Jehovah. I am the Lord. You see, God, has to judge sin. Sin must be judged. And if sin is not paid by a substitute, if someone does not take the place of a guilty, if an innocent one will not take the place of a guilty one, then the guilty one will ultimately be judged. That's why while it was a blessing to see the Hebrews coming out of the land of Egypt, it was rather sad to see the cry that went throughout the land of Egypt when in every home there was a firstborn who died. Sad, isn't it? It really reminds us of what's going to happen to those that are unforgiven, unregenerated, who are not forgiven. After all, we all fail. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you see, God was telling our forefathers, the people of Israel, that the Messiah will come, that a deliverer will come, and when he's going to come, he's going to be the one that will provide redemption for mankind. You see, throughout Scripture, Specifically, through the prophet Isaiah, God promised that he will send the deliverer who will come to redeem mankind. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 tells us that he will be born of the virgin Miriam. In other passages in Isaiah, it tells us that he will be the prince of peace, Sar Shalom. Father of eternity, Aviad, he will be also El Gibor, a mighty God. Isaiah said that. Late, also later on in the prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 53, Isaiah gave a clear indication as to the description of the Messiah that he will come, that Lamb of God, and what he will go, what he will do when he's going to come to this world. Isaiah said, 
in chapter 53, and you can read it when you have time. I know some say that it applies to the sufferings of the our own Jewish people, and indeed, the Jewish people suffered like no other nation ever suffered throughout the history of our people. But Isaiah 53 definitely doesn't speak about the sufferings of the nation, but rather of the suffering of the Lamb of God, the promised Mashiach, the promised Redeemer. It says here, and I'm reading Isaiah 53, He is despised and rejected of men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace fell upon him and with his stripe one Single chavura, chavurato, one single stripe, we are healed, spiritually healed. And then notice verse 6. He began with all, with the word all, and it's end with the word all. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid upon him the iniquities of us all. Listen, though our people suffered a lot, but God never laid upon our Jewish people the iniquities of this world because we have plenty of our own. All of us have sinned. We are part of humanity. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It was the servants of Israel. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am a man with unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people with unclean lips. King Shlomo, Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon said, There is no just man that live upon the face of this earth that doeth good and sinneth not. The new covenant says, Peter said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, when Yeshua was with him. Paul said, Shaul Paul said, For all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. That's why we need Mashiach. That's why we need a Passover lamb. We need a Passover lamb because if we will not have the lamb who will pass over. A lamb that will provide a way whereby God will pass over us. We will have to be judged. Very sad when we don't realize that. Well, this is what Pesach is all about. When God instructed our forefathers to keep the feast of Passover, Pesach, he was telling Israel, Israel, the Mashiach is coming. Israel, the Messiah is coming. Israel, the Lamb of God is coming. Israel, the anointed of the Lord is coming. Israel, look forward. He is coming. He is coming, and surely, in the fullness of the time, the Messiah came. Now I know our people are not yet as a nation have recognized it, 
But scripture teaches us that the Messiah had to come to redeem mankind because otherwise, even the best of us, all our righteousnesses actually, Isaiah told us, are as filthy rags. It's good to do righteous things, but it never forgives us, it never saves us. It never makes us right with God because we have an internal problem. This problem, someone else had to be punished because of our sin nature. Chata, chet, yetzer hara, as we call it sometime in Hebrew, the evil nature that we have. We were born in it. We were born with it when our mothers gave us life. I want to just read another verse or two in the gospel. By the time we get to the Brit Hadasha, to the New Testament or the New Covenant, in the, specifically in the, in the gospel of John, Yohanan in the Hebrew language, Yohanan Hamad Bil, John the baptizer who came to introduce the Messiah at his first coming. He said, he declared this wonderful declaration when Yeshua came towards him. He said, the next day, John 1, 29, John Yohanan sees Yeshua, Jesus, coming unto him, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of this world. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. He doesn't only make atonement for the sin of this world, but he takes it away. He removes sin. You see, all the animals that have been laid on the altars in the history of our forefathers, given by divine design, commanded by God. Why? Because each one, each sacrifice that was laid upon an altar in the tabernacle, in the Mishkan, or in the temple, in the in Beit HaMikdash in Yerushalayim, in Jerusalem, all of them pointed to the coming Mashiach. It was not a Jewish idea to introduce sacrificial system. It was given to the Jewish people, to the people of Israel, by God himself. It was not a suggestion, it was a command. In fact, the word korban in Hebrew means lehit karev, to draw nigh. You could never draw nigh to God unless you bring a substitute. Because... This, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. And while the blood of an animal made atonement, kapara, covering our sins, and our sins, the sins of our forefathers have been covered temporarily. Once the Mashiach came, all those sins that were covered temporarily were removed. Why? Because, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of this world. I want to read you this wonderful verse in John 19, Yohanan 19, where Yeshua himself, when he died, he was placed on a Roman cross. And there he was lifted up between heaven and earth. There he was between two malefactors. 
There he was laid on a Roman cross. And you remember he cried, Eli, Eli, lama shvaktani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Matthew 27, which is a quotation from Psalm 22. But you see, God had to forsake this holy man. Because if God going to take a sinful man, sinful people like us all, someone had to become a substitute. And this is exactly what Yeshua have done by becoming our Passover, our Pesach. We read in John 19 and verse 30, When Yeshua therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. Nigmar. Asa. And he bowed his head and he gave up the spirit. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, he had to die. The Mashiach had to become a substitute. Every lamb, every ram, every goat, every animal that was killed and placed on an altar and its blood was shed typified the Mashiach Yeshua who would come in the fullness of time. And indeed he came. And he became that Lamb of God who said, It is finished. I want to just read a couple more verses in conclusion. After all, we are speaking about the first feast called Pesach. Shimon Petro, Simon Peter, reminded the early Hebrew believers in Yeshua the Messiah when he said to them in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, he reminded them and he said to them, For as much as ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Mashiach, of Messiah. Christos in Greek, Mashiach in Hebrew. As of a lamb, here's the Passover lamb, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last time for you. So, beloved friend, the Passover lamb seen in the Feast of Pesach was really speaking to the Hebrews, the people of Israel, telling them, don't forget, you were slaves in Egypt. Bemitzrayim. You cried to me for help. And I came to deliver you. I didn't deliver you with the first nine plagues because I wanted you and the Egyptians to see my power. God says, I'm the creator of all things. But that is not what's going to redeem a sinful soul. What redeems a sinful soul is the blood of that innocent one, the blood of that holy man by the name of Yeshua from Nazareth was born to the Virgin Miriam, who lived among our people, who loved the nation of Israel and the nations of the world. He came for the express purpose that he will give his life as ransom for many. It was in the plan of God 
It was in a program of God. It was already in eternity past. He was foreordained before the foundation of the world. God knew that. He knew Satan will fall. He knew Adam and Eve will fall. He knew sin will come into this world. He knew that he's going to choose the people of Israel through whom the Redeemer will come. He knew that the Mashiach will have to come in the fullness of the time. It was known by him while you and I are just learning those things and accepting him from a holy God. And I'm very thankful for the Passover lamb. My final verse for you for today is that one day, if you have accepted the Lord, if I accepted the Messiah, Yeshua, we one day are going to be around the Lamb. The last book of the Brit HaChadashah, the New Testament, the New Covenant, tells us, gives us a view, a little, you might say, glimpse of what's going to happen when we are going, the redeemed are going to be in glory with the person of the Mashiach. We see that we, we see that scene in Revelation chapter 5. We read of all the redeemed, and they sang a new song, Shir Chadash. Redeem, redeem people sing song of redemption, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain. Speaking about the Mashiach, the Messiah, and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongues and people and nations. This is Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9. You see, we're going to sing that song of redemption. And that song is going to be sung to the Passover Lamb of God who took away the sin of this world. And so my prayer for you, my dear friend, that you will come to know him whom to know is eternal life. His name is Yeshua. And you shall call his name Yeshua, Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. May the Lord help you to come to know the Passover Lamb of God who loved you and gave himself for you. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.